Diversification doesn't protect your assets. You got to put them into mechanisms like asset protection trusts that we talked about in the past or business organizations or combining the two of them together to actually give you the protection that you need. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're gonna help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're gonna help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're gonna be allowed to focus on the things that are most important like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we are speaking with Brian Bradley. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Theo. Thanks for having me back on and look forward to jumping into a little bit different talk about asset protection today. Absolutely. So as he just mentioned, he is a repeat guest. So if you want to check out his first interview and hear his best ever advice and the best way to protect your assets, check out episode 1811. So this is going to be a skill set Sunday. So we're going to talk about a specific skill that will help you in your real estate investing journey. So we're going to talk about all things asset protection. And more specifically, we are going to talk about how the advice Brian can give today relates to the coronavirus. 
So before we dive into that, Brian, do you mind giving the best ever listeners a reminder about your background and what you're focused on today? Yeah, a little background about me. I got into law, the practice of law, around 2008, right when the economy tanked. And I just had to sort of jump into court and figure it out how to sink and swim on my own. So I spent the first three years just purely in court representing clients for free which was a great experience because I got more trial experience and litigation experience in those first three years than most people have in 25 years of experience. Just because if you're representing people through organizations for free, who's not going to use you? (laughs) So then that just trickled down into, well, I like money. I like financing. I like investing on my own. And I got tired of seeing problems walk in the door when it was too late. So I started incorporating asset protection into my practice because I wanted to help people keep what they have and have a stress-free life, knowing when something bad were to happen or negligent happen, that they can sleep soundly a little bit better knowing they have the system and teams in place beforehand. So I started building a secondary portion of my practice around asset protection, but higher levels of asset protection for investors and doctors and real estate investors, higher net worth clients, generally around that million dollar net worth mark or more, or for people who are trying to be full-time investors and how to scale them up to that protection level down the line. And I just wanted to get ahead of the problems for people so that they know that there's solutions for them. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. So one of the questions I have for you is about lawsuits that you see coming down the line for business owners and investors due to the coronavirus. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that, but more specifically, in addition to that, maybe you can mention some of the things that people haven't done that they should have done leading up to this moment that is going to result in them being affected by these types of lawsuits. Absolutely. It might be a little long-winded answer to cover some of that, but I'll try to jumble through it without boring anybody. But it's a great question and it's obviously a really big topic and it's a really polarizing issue, but people are going to have to go to work and have to invest at some point. And whenever these regulations start getting lessened, you're just going to have to do it the right way. So the key in any crisis is first, you're going to have to weather the storm. And what's obvious is that if income goes down without expenses going down in the same amount, then you're going to start depleting your assets. You have some control over your expenses. What's also critical though, is your assets and especially your hard assets like real estate, because they give you the ability to subsidize and reduce income to ride out the crisis. So the last thing that you need is to have a creditor attach a lien or tell you how you're going to use that asset when you potentially need to use it to ride out a bad crisis. So the sad thing is that we now also have to add the liability and cause of COVID-19 to the list of things that investors and business owners need to start planning for. So you want your assets and equity safe. You want to protect your future and your legacy. You're going to spend all your time building this for it to just go away. But a lot of us just don't know how to do it. It's a common pattern that pandemics and recessions or fear of recessions bring on substantial increases in lawsuits. Just look at how many lawsuits were filed 2008 to 2010 during that recession. So what we're looking at through legal bar associations and the litigation arena is a really big concern of a substantial rise in what's called casualty claims and employee claims. And there's going to be supply chain disruptions, and that's going to cause projects to not be completed or just money not be available to pay. So you're going to have those lawsuits come in there through breach of contracts and inability to perform. A lot of other breach of contract claims and administrative claims and internal liability claims of businesses. For example, we have general liability claims that allege negligence for failing to protect a customer or an invitee. 
or a tenant, especially if a death is involved. And that can be extended to a family member, not just that individual employee or guest. So what we're talking about is also a potential rise of casualty insurance claims for negligent acts. And we're also preparing for a possibility that the insurance industries may experience what's called negative coverage. So as some carriers are already excluding COVID-19 from general liability coverage because it's been classified as an epidemic and global emergency. So that gives them their wiggle room out. So that's going to put you on the personal liability hook because of the World Health Organization classifying COVID-19 as a global health emergency. That's also going to affect your employer's liability coverage, and you're most likely not going to be able to use that as coverage in an event of an illegal incident happening. So all this makes asset protection and preventative planning even more important because you don't want to wait around for something bad to happen. You can't be ahead of the game. You want to protect yourself before something bad happens and mitigate the risk. So what asset protection does in this case is it creates the legal barriers that you'll need. It levels the playing field if you ever were attacked. And what you need to do as investors or syndicators, landlords or general partners or high-risk professionals like doctors or if you have a high net worth is talk to an asset protection attorney and start practicing conservative methods of protection and be preventative. Plan before you need it. Don't wait for after an attack happens. So to break down a few steps that you can take are to recognize if your income's reduced and your expenses aren't, that's going to shorten the amount of time that you can meet your obligations, like paying bills and paying payroll and things like that. So next, you need to take steps to protect your hard assets because those are critical to giving you the ability to weather any storm. You can't afford, like I said, to let a creditor decide how to use those assets. You need to be the one deciding what you need to do with them. The final step is to create a plan. So first, you need to reduce your expenses quickly and efficiently, but don't handicap your business to the point that you're not even going to be able to give yourself a chance to evolve and thrive. You don't want to deplete yourself of revenue to come in to actually have a business that can function. So these first few steps you can do on yourself. The second step is legally securing your assets and protecting them from having a claim attached to them. And that's asset protection that involves legal professionals. So some good questions to think about and ask yourself are, Do you have employees that are located or traveling to areas where there's been documented and diagnosed cases of COVID-19? Most likely everyone's going to say yes to that. Does your business increase the probability of employees exposed to infected individuals? Most likely, yes. Do your employees work in close proximity with vendors or other partners who have given employees a greater potential to contract COVID-19? Potentially, yes. Most likely, yes. So if your answers to any of those or all of those are yes, then you need to come up with a potential contingency plan on how you are going to manage your business to mitigate these risks. You're going to have to think about these and talk to some experts and start making a plan to go forward to stay in compliance with the federal guidelines and your state and local guidelines so that you can decrease these negligent claims. At the end of the day, you want to be able to keep doing business, but you need to keep doing business smartly. Well, thank you for all that. That was all great information. I appreciate how you broke down it because I was going to ask you, well, what's the next step? So you told us that. Yeah. What's the question to think about? Well, you told us that too. So I guess my follow-up question would be, so you mentioned those three steps, which is number one, to determine if your income is reducing more than your expenses are. Step two is to protect your hard assets so that you're able to decide what you can do with them. And step three was to create a plan to reduce the expenses, but making sure you're not handicapping your business. So step one and three, you said that people can do on their own. Step two, you need to find someone. So how do you find this someone? And then also, 
can you just find anyone who does asset protection or is there a certain questions that should be asking these types of people to make sure I'm finding the person who's the right fit for me? That's a great question. So you're not going to go to a general estate plan attorney, like someone who just is drafting revocable living trust and wills and medical directives, because that's not asset protection. That's just traditional estate planning. So you're going to want to find an attorney who specializes and specifically does asset protection, which is using asset protection trust, LLCs, business organization type of structures, but specifically to protect your assets. And you just want to find out what percentage of their business is purely asset protection or are they just dabbling in it and dipping their toes in it? I really wouldn't want to recommend someone go to a person who does 20% of their practice as asset protection because they're not going to be really familiar with the language and the liability and how to mitigate all the risk properly. We want to go to someone whose main focus of their practice purely is asset protection. And then what type of clients do they have? Do they have clients similar to your level of assets that need to be protected, your specific circumstances? If you're a doctor, how many doctors do they have? If you're a real estate investor, how many real estate investment clients do they have? And what kind of different systems do they use for each? Or are they just trying to sell you one size fits all systems? Nobody's one size fit all. Everybody has a personal issue. So everything has to be created personally. So I would just say, ask those type of questions and make sure you go to a specialist, just like you would a doctor. You're not going to go to a general doctor for brain surgery. You're going to go to a brain mm-hmm. surgeon. And then one of the things we were talking about back before we started recording was the potential recessions and what to do. And it kind of ties into COVID-19 because people have no idea, like, are we going to go into a recession or not? And I can't tell you, I don't know. Half my wealthy clients think that there's not going to be a recession. Some of them do. Some of them are over panicky and conservative. So I see a mix. So I can't really tell you personally what I think because I see a different spectrum of opinions. But I'd say it's just human nature to panic when things are uncertain. But the first thing is just stay calm. Don't make rash decisions based off of news clips. We're in a geopolitical instability, but there's nothing new. We also have things going on with oil in Saudi Arabia, trying to push a lot of cheap oil to hurt Russia out there and take them out of the market. Combine this with COVID-19 and Corona, and we have a really crazy, poisonous geopolitical cocktail going on. So even when you think the world and economy is on fire like it was just a little bit of time ago, what do we just learn? We can throw a monkey and wrench in it for things that we have no idea who saw COVID-19 coming. Then all of a sudden, the economy is on hold. No one's working. So the issue is just be proactive, protect your assets beforehand, even when times are good. And when times are potentially bad and we see recessions to recession proof our assets, one, talk to your financial advisor, diversify. That's a great thing. But diversification doesn't protect your assets. You got to put them into mechanisms like asset protection trust that we talked about in the past or business organizations or combining the two of them together to actually give you the protection that you need. It's not a matter of if a claim is against you, it's a matter of how collectible you are. So that's something that you can control is your collectability, no matter whether it's a recession or good times or bad times. That's something that's in your control. Perfect. And then going back to those steps you can take. So create a plan, reduce expenses, but don't handicap your business. I'm assuming you work with real estate investors, correct? Oh yeah. Most of my clients are real estate investors. What types of expenses do you see them focusing on reducing the most? Right now, their biggest concerns are potential financing issues or supply chain issues. Most of them are all business as usual, especially the syndicators and large developers and my clients that have apartments. Honestly, I haven't had a single client that hasn't been able to collect a rent check 
yet. And we're not really seeing anyone slow down. Every one of my clients, and we have, I think overall in the whole system, over 3,000 clients. And I haven't had anybody yet say that they're having an issue building or collecting rent. So what they're looking at is just potential supply chain issues with current developments and what they can potentially do to alleviate that concern right there. Some people are talking about force majeure arguments, and that's not really going to work. That's like acts of God and trying to use COVID-19 as a pandemic, as an act of God. That's going to be kind of a state-by-state argument, but even those are going to potentially fall through. And that's a whole nother episode of a conversation right there Mm -hmm, to dive into force majeure as a legal argument. So I would say other steps that they would do is just practice social distancing, making sure that tools are clean, work sites are safe. Whenever you're sending out an employee to go, just make sure that you're sending them out with the equipment that they need to make sure that they potentially mitigate the contact that they have with COVID-19 and then start working on your supply chain, making sure you stay ahead of it. Because one of the things of litigation is always, well, what did you do to mitigate your risk? So you got to be planning on this down the line. So that would be maybe talk to your contract attorney on that and come up with some alternatives to your supply chain in case it gets disrupted. Perfect. Is there anything else as it relates to asset protection and the coronavirus that we haven't talked about already that you want to mention? Not really about the coronavirus specifically, but there is one principle I think real estate and any investor need to understand. And, you know, it's just about legal authority versus practical authority, because this is what it comes down to when you ever do get sued. And it's just the reality is that a judge can do and does do whatever a judge wants, whether you have an LLC or LP. Yeah, they're governed by state statutes, but those state statutes don't transfer to other states. So you hope that everything works out in theory. For example, you have a Nevada LLC and I'm being sued in California. You would hope that those internal shields would hold up, but theory and practicality don't really ever work out. Practical authority is the power a judge actually has to make decisions. And judges have very, very broad powers and they have a superpower called the court of equity. And they can reach into your assets and seize them, place them, liens on them, foreclose them, ordering sheriff sales, clearing title. There's a lot of things a judge can do. And the problem is judges, even without legal authority, do these things all the time. And even if it's in direct contradiction to statutes and case law, especially when they're exercising their magic power, the court of equity. So the solution to this really is to just try to level the playing field and then hindering the judge's practical authority over your assets so that they can't circumvent the legal process. And you do that with just preventative and strong asset protection planning and having asset protection trust in place and different layers of protection. So that would be my last caveat of why we really care is the legal system's kind of messed up. It's not what it was 30 or 40 years ago. Things we did 30 or 40 years ago don't apply today because we've had this massive litigation shift by attorneys being able to take on clients commission-based for a percentage, which wasn't allowed in the past, and attorney advertising, which wasn't allowed in the past. So it turned the legal field into a business and an industry with a billion dollar B market point. So we just need to realize the system's not what it used to be anymore, and you need to protect yourself against a dysfunctional system now. Thanks for adding that. So if best of your listeners want to learn more about what we talked about today, learn more about the services you have to offer, what should they do? They can jump on my website, www.btblegal.com. And I have lots of educational videos on there and pamphlets and brochures to browse through. They can just email questions to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N at btblegal.com. 
I do free consultations just because I'd rather have people get educated on what their liability is and different options. Even if you don't use for me, most people are afraid to talk to lawyers because they don't want to pay a consultation fee when they want to shop around. And I just find most people just become Google lawyers and getting bad advice because they're not getting advice. So just start reaching out to lawyers and don't be afraid to contact them. And most lawyers will do free consultations. And that's what I do it just to educate people. Best of listeners, make sure you take advantage of that. And Ryan, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and talking to us about asset protection and coronavirus. From my perspective, really the biggest takeaway is that obviously right now you want to try to do what you can to weather the storm. But at the end of the day, the people who are going to do fine or better during this time are the ones who, as you mentioned, were proactive and protected their assets when things were all fine and dandy. Everything was going smoothly as opposed to trying to do it now. So we did talk about a few steps you can take, creating a plan to reduce expenses, because obviously if income goes down and your expenses don't go down, that's where people get into trouble. But really, as I said, at the end of the day, it sounds like the assets need to be protected. So I guess do that now while you still have the chance because as Brian mentioned, he expects there to be an increase in lawsuits coming down the line, which is typical for recessions and pandemics like this. So Brian, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today about this asset protection advice during the coronavirus. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we will talk to you tomorrow. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O.com.